Welcome to Learned Leg, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George. And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 31 for George and season 27 for me. This is day five of season 99, and we're back on schedule. <laughs> Question one asks us for a distinctive, or maybe not, bespectacled character who first appeared in print in 1987. Yes, and notes that he was in the center of a busy, unnamed town. Um, so that had me, well, initially it had me thinking about, uh, about the world traveler side of things and thinking Carmen Sandiego, mm. but she, did she have glasses? I don't think so. Um, and there's this weird, so sort of literary character of sorts. Cause I, I thought maybe that fit in, like there was a video game with her. So that, you know, is kind of sort of a thing, but not really, that didn't seem to quite fit. Um, and the center of a busy, unnamed town really pushed me away from that because she was famous for traveling to a bunch of named places more than mm. anything. Um, and so then I thought, you know, the literary character of sorts thing made me think, well, maybe this is something that's more of a cartoon or a drawing. And then it kind of clicked for me that this is Where's Waldo? Um, or at least the book was called that. Um, and... He was, of course, difficult to find in the uh, in the busy unnamed town, which is the not so distinctive part, I think. Um, and so uh, I did know that he has a different name uh, in Britain. So that kind of helped it click as well with the British or American name being acceptable for an answer. Um, and so being an American uh, and being most familiar with him as Waldo, that's what I put down. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think of anything else for this one. I just Same, yeah. so when I, when I got to you know distinctive character of sorts, especially British or American name, mm -hmm. that to me was like, oh, this is Waldo slash Wally. Right. Okay. And then I went back and checked all the main points. Okay, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Okay, that would make sense. I feel like I I didn't know of these when I was a kid, mm -hmm. so they may not have been a thing. Uh, busy unnamed town. That does sound like one of those Waldo escapes. Mm -hmm. uh, bespe bespectacled, maybe not so distinctive. Big hint there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Waldo. And that or Wally was the correct answer. Uh, question two asks us: What was the name of the U.S. space program that placed a series of uh, uh, lunar probes on the moon and uh, was meant to explore freely over a large area. Uh, so my first thought based entirely on exploring freely over a large area is Wanderer. Mm. I didn't know whether that was a thing. Uh -huh. um, then I thought, well, it was just very recently on Mastermind that the first saw, so I think on Mastermind, that the first soft landing uh, of an, uh, uh, a craft on the moon, uh, which of course was testing for the Apollo landings, to make sure that the spacecraft itself could survive, uh, was Surveyor. And mm. I thought, well, that makes sense for something that explores freely over a large area. That's what a surveyor would do while, you know, surveying and measuring things. Sure. Uh, and, yeah, w <laughs> for lack of anything else, mm -hmm. I'll go with Surveyor. Yeah, I um, kept trying to place that answer from Masterminds uh, as I was thinking through this, and the name Surveyor did come up for me. Um, 
but I thought surveying is kind of a particular activity, like, you know, uh, exploring freely, like it's more like documenting as opposed to exploring or something like that. So I thought this uh, definition of exploring freely over a large area was trying to point me to a pretty specific word of that definition. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't think surveyor was precise enough. And I went through a lot of other possible options, including some mythological ones, because, you know, Apollo obviously was more like that. And um, so I, I thought about like Perseus or Odysseus, but I, that didn't ring a bell for me either, because um, I feel like I would have at least heard of this in the history of the space race. Like, not that I've read deeply on it, but it's the kind of thing that comes up in popular culture a lot. And, um, and so I kept thinking like, you know, I thought of Wanderer and I thought of, um, you know, various other ones that have, I know, been used for later spacecraft, like Perseverance or uh, Explorer or, uh, you know, I, I dismissed that one because exploring is in the question in that key definition kind of area. Sure. Um, but the name that came to mind and stuck with me just enough was Rover. Um, and I know that there was a lunar rover um, that was is really probably what I'm thinking of, but I just couldn't put my finger on, um, you know, this program name specifically. Um, you know, that was the term that came closest to the precise definition that I knew was used in the, you know, the space program related to the moon landing. So I put down rover. It was Ranger. Okay. Which made sense. Yeah. It does. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just haven't heard that much about it, I guess. Sure. I forgot to mention that I dismissed all of the mythological names mm. because, as far as I remember, those names were reserved for manned missions. Mm. I guess I should say staffed missions. I see. Uh, rather than uh, essentially robot ones, as right. were Ranger, Surveyor, etc. Okay. Mercury, Gemini. Yes, that's, how, that's the official pronunciation. <laughs> Apollo, etc. It's probably the more accurate pronunciation. Mm. Question three asks us, what country had two teams that have won 11 out of 24 of the something soccer? Right. <laughs> Which sounds like it is, I kind of uh, rolled this one around in my head, so to speak, um, the UEFA, so that sounds like European soccer specifically. Um, we're told there was uh, the most recent win was clinched by a Brazilian player. Um, and so, but that doesn't really like help you that much because Brazil has always been a huge soccer power. And so uh, a Brazilian player could be on any team. Um, but the fact that it mentioned a country with specifically two teams. And for whatever reason, that brought up Spain to my mind, because I know that like Barcelona and Madrid are kind of their two big powerhouses. I think they were playing against each other when I was in Madrid, hmm. as I remember overhearing some of the cheering. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I was there briefly for a work trip that was uh, uh, kind of a whirlwind, but uh, got to, to just overhear a little of that and i thought that seems like a good a good of an answer as any um it sounds like the right league that they might play in um 
you know, I know that just it for a country to have two iconic soccer teams, basically that just uh, that just fits the bill pretty well to me. So I thought I'll go ahead and put down Spain and at least not sound too ignorant <laughs> by doing so. Uh, I kind of went the same way. I had a little bit of a shortcut because I'm fairly certain that, and I skipped over this part, it's the UEFA Champions League. I'm uh-huh. fairly certain the E stands for Europe. Right. Uh, so I was able to dismiss Brazil, which would uh, otherwise have been definitely a uh, high on the list. Sure. Uh, and yeah, same. When I when I saw two teams, I thought, oh, I feel like Spain is kind of more famous for having more than one really great team <coughs> than anyone else that I know of. And, you know, famous in the sense of a non-soccer fan in the U.S. Uh, for some reason, that just clicked for me. I, one's Real Madrid, and I think the other one's Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I put Spain. It, it was one of those sort of, if it's not this, I'm not going to be ashamed for not knowing it. <laughs> uh, but what a pull it would be. Sure. And that was the correct answer. Good job, us. Uh, Question four asks us to uh, name the state or the capital city of that state that is the home of uh, the national dish of Mexico and specifies that uh, it's a some kind of mole made with some kind of pepper. Yep. Gives us a lot of clues, none of which help other than... (laughs) Uh, you know, the, the highway between Mexico City and Veracruz. And I know Mexico City is kind of in the middle of Mexico, I believe. Um, uh, you know, uh, like how Washington, D.C. was kind of in the middle of the U.S. originally. Sure. Um, so I think that Mexico City is there. The only reason this helped me is uh, it meant that I'm, I'm fairly certain that Chihuahua is a, a far north state of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well... That's and, and I think it might be over to the east a little bit. So I, I figured, okay, it's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, okay, what other states do I know? Well, there's Baja, California, and I believe Sur, California. Mm. Uh, those are on the peninsula. So it's not sure. one of those. And then I thought, Oaxaca. Ah. I feel like Oaxaca <coughs> was also kind of in the east uh, part of Mexico. But for lack of anything else that was landing for me. Mm. Uh, just n- I, I don't know Mexican states uh, other than Mexico City, Chihuahua, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, so none of this, and of course me not being a food guy, <laughs> none of the other stuff was helping me. I, know, I don't mm-hmm. know types of mole. I barely know how it's pronounced. I don't know types of peppers. Uh, green. So, <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to go with Oaxaca. Yeah, this one uh, definitely, you know, is of uh, types of food, you know, Mexican food is not my strongest streak just because I've never liked spicy food that super well. So this is a bit of a gap for my uh, food knowledge um, because I, you know, I'm not the person who would mind that much if moles were not like even in my... (laughs) vocabulary in a certain sense like it's it's not the type of thing that i gravitate towards personally um so i was stuck with a couple of possibilities of how to work my way into this one is various names of peppers so i thought well there's serranos there's Mm. jalapenos um you know there's 
Japones. Uh, it's not going to be the one named after Japan. So um, I just kind of thought that and, you know, went similarly through the list of Mexican states that I know of, which is precious few of the ones that actually exist. I know of Baja California. I know about Chihuahua. Um, I, if I'd thought of Oaxaca, I might have considered that. Um, but I don't. And so uh, the one that I kind of, you know, picked out of the lineup, um, I thought, I think there's a state and or a capital city called Jalisco. And I thought maybe that's the source of the name of jalapeno peppers. Okay. You know, that's that was as best I could piece something together on this. Because otherwise, you know, the mole that I know of is chipotle. You know, that's the kind of thing that I, um, or at least I think that's a, a type of mole. Um, uh, I know that chipotle peppers are used in a lot of different, sim, you know, dishes like that um but it's again not something i've studied up on it's not something i've cooked that much for myself because i just wouldn't naturally cook very spicy foods um uh, given that only one person in our household has ever really liked them yep. <laughs> so with all that in mind jalisco was the best guess i could come up with it was puebla sure poblano okay okay i think is, is the pepper name okay. that would originate from that. Uh, I didn't know that those get used in moles particularly. So okay. um, so is poblano kind of like the adjectival form of Puebla? I think so. Okay. I think that's like, what it Like be. there would be like a Texan pepper? Uh, Not that there is. I'm just saying that would be like the name of a pepper from Texas. Maybe Tejano. Okay. Um, right. But the adjectival is what I mean. Yeah. Not it's not the Puebla pepper or Puebla mole, right? I think it'd be the because the ano would be kind of the mm -hmm. the from this place uh, adjectival. Okay. Question five asks us for an English artist who released an album called titled "Roughly Back in the USSR," right, and released it on a Soviet record label, um, and so. This is one that I almost certainly should have known because 1988 was a year when I was getting much more into music and also knowing about the music business, let's say. Um, so I figured this had to be something to do with uh, the Beatles, uh, given that that's their, one of their songs back in the USSR. Um, and so Paul McCartney came to mind for that because he was the one who was really, you know, uh, producing music through that whole period of time. Um, but then I thought to myself, why don't I just overthink this completely? And I thought that sounded a little too on the nose in a way. And also, wasn't Paul McCartney really recording much more with Wings than as a solo artist anyway? So uh, who is another Beatle who might plausibly release an album that consisted of covers of rock oldies that could then be, you know, uh, put out in the Soviet Union at the time. Um, and I thought Ringo Starr, that sounds like something he would do, because I don't think of him as sort of the auteur or the singer-songwriter so much among the Beatles. I think of him as a guy who would want to release a fun record that would extend friendship, you know, uh, across the Iron Curtain and... 
Sure. Why, why don't we go with star for this one? Because that sounds like Ringo having a good time. My thought process was almost identical to that. <laughs> uh, except I figured, well, I don't know whether Ringo Starr ever did solo albums. I know he has his all-star band. Mm. So I figured, you know, also, you know, dismiss Paul McCartney because Wings. So mm -hmm. I figure George Harrison. Would he have made would he have made seven solo albums between the time the Beatles broke up in 1988? That sounds about right. Sure. Um, is this the sort of thing he would do? Doesn't sound like the sort of thing he wouldn't do. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever crazy ass thing you can imagine George Harrison doing, he did it. He produced <laughs> Monty Python movies for God's sake. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to go with Harrison on this one. But it was Paul McCartney. Yeah. Well. Dang it. Anyway. Mm. So, but I mean, yeah, probably, I guess Wings is maybe more 70s than 80s, huh? Yeah. So, and he certainly had plenty of solo albums. Should have just gone with the one that Thorsten wanted me to go for. <laughs> Finally, uh, question six asks us, uh, what was the third force in the few seconds after the Big Bang uh, as differentiated from the strong force and the weak force? So I, I am under the impression that there are four classical forces of physics, the strong nuclear, the weak nuclear, the electromagnetic, and gravity. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe that gravity is sufficiently different from the others that they no longer consider it a fundamental force. Oh. So I am left with electromagnetism. That's what I went with. Wow. I put gravity because that's all I could think of. Okay. <laughs> it's not... Like, I, I knew there's a, a, a certain number of forces out there that uh, I should be expected to know about, mm. but physics class was a long time ago. So, yeah, I was like, gravity's a force. Let's do that one. Reasonable. Mm. But it was electromagnetism. Well done. Mm. Got a couple right today. Yeah, oh, three. same. Mm. I mean, I... I can at least be glad that one was a sports question because yeah. that's going to boost my I meager score definitely <laughs> as well as it can. At least two you on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and usually science is decent for me. Pop music is usually good. Food and drink is usually right there. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you, you know, there's a chance I might get, I don't know, four out of this one. I had a hard time, though, assessing how difficult the Waldo one would play mm -hmm. because it's one of those weirdly written dancing around ones that could confuse people like i considered briefly stuff like harry potter as a possible answer to this and i'm like but no world traveler is not what he was like it, it's distinctive or maybe not literary character of sorts like has a british and an american name you know that's that might be a perplexing one to work your way through so I actually assigned it a three for my hmm. regular rundle, but a zero for the private rundle. So, <laughs> you know, I this is another instance where I just don't know how to gauge um, the difficulty of some of these things for other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we had a kid who binge watched a lot of the Where's Waldo series and oh, right. yeah, we, you know, yeah. kind of learned about that, that funny history of it, I think, because sometimes when, you know, you're subjected to... Uh, hours of this kind of programming you start looking up like just facts about it to learn guy? yeah yeah to learn more uh mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. how the heck do we come to this place yeah how, how do they sign plots to waldo yeah 
We should say, not the worst show that the kids watched. I mean, that's... It's uh, not a high bar to clear. Granted. Um, But, you know, it was trying to be a little educational about Mm -hmm. the places that they traveled to and stuff like that. So um, that was part of what did help me get it because I knew, you know... I'm not sure World Traveler is how I would have thought of the original Where's Waldo character in the books where you kind of look at a picture of with Mm -hmm. a bunch of tiny details and try to find him. Um, And so having seen that, maybe go, oh, yeah, well, he went to all different sorts of places, didn't he? Mm -hmm. So um, that kind of helped. But, you know, until uh, Learned League starts requiring people people to list whether they have kids um which would be a huge help for defense you know i just have to go with my own uh poorly tuned instincts about it so that's it for today tune in tuesday for more post-game analysis Uh, follow us on blue sky at learned league with all the vowels learned lag with all the vowels (laughs) also follow learned league not that thorsten posts anything Uh, sure and remember don't forfeit don't cheat